As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. I hope all is well on your side of the world and your this past week has been a good week for you. Now, <laughs> I know it has certainly been a uh, certainly been one heck of a minute since we last spoke. I've missed you. Well, the minute is really I've missed you for 10 weeks, 10 whole weeks to be exact. It has certainly been a season of transition. And I'm certainly excited to catch up, catch up with you and catch you up on everything that's been going on. But before we do that, of course, I always want to show love and shout out to my international audience. Thank you to our listeners in Ghana, Germany, Spain, the United Kingdom, Colombia, Singapore, and the Philippines for always showing love and being part of our Second Chance family. Of course, A big thank you always to our folks here in the United States of America. And a shout out to those of you listening on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, when we look at our statistics, that's where we have most of our listeners come from. So thank you. Now, that does not mean we do not love you wherever you're listening from or listening at or listening through. We show love to all of you. We love all of you, whichever corner of the world you reside at at this moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so so much for supporting Second Chance Coaching, especially since we've been gone for so long. Now, to catch you up on a couple of things that have been going on, the last time we spoke, I was about to go on a trip and uh, have a relaxing unwind and a no-to-do trip, and my relaxing trip to to just unwind and not have anything to do during that spring break was exactly that. There was no deadlines to me, no thinking of the next thing to do, not having the to-do list in front of me. The only drawback was... I was in a high altitude environment, which I've been used to before, but I don't know, maybe I'm getting younger. (laughs) The only drawback that I had a little bout of altitude sickness this time, but I made it through. It wasn't, it wasn't really too bad. Now there is an update on the impact window situation we discussed in previous weeks. You didn't think I'd forget to tell you guys about that. The impact door has been installed. And my kitchen door, the impact door has been installed, and all the impact windows have been installed in the apartment, finally. So, so far, I'm absolutely loving the windows. I can't hear anything. I think I feel that there's going to be some good heat heat insulation or or, um, energy insulation. 
And of course, you know, I finally get, you know, the benefit of increasing the value of my property. But I could tell you that the journey to get to this place of full installation, the only thing that needs to be left to do is the inspection from the city. But the only thing, but the journey getting to this place between my general contractor, the broker, and my condominium association, including my contractor property manager, has not been easy in the least. Everything's, in, like I said, everything's installed now. The only thing we're waiting for is the city of Hollywood to do their inspections. But I keep hearing that there's problems with uh, inspectors and site planners are quitting or whatever the case may be. I hear there's, there's a bunch of issues when it comes to that. But hopefully next week that'll sit there and be done. But all to get to this journey really took a short 15 months to get to this place. And when I say 15, I say F-I-F-T-E-E-N, one five, 15 quote unquote short months for this work to be completed. And after all of that work to get done, I get a call from the property manager to tell me that the wrong windows were installed in the front of the condominium and I would have to install different windows. Needless to say, you can imagine that after paying a little over $12,000 to do all this work, it was certainly a contentious phone call and turned into a bunch of contentious phone calls with him and even with some of my fellow association board members. But after extensively reviewing, so I had to go back, because of course it's 15 months, I had to go back to when I got my letter approved and all that other stuff. And after extensively reviewing all my approvals, consulting with two attorneys, and reviewing all of our doc condominium documents, I had a, I knew I had a strong opportunity for, for to win this fight, you know, per se. So after a contentious presentation at our board meeting, well, it was contentious. But let me say, to be fair, most of the board members really, my fellow board mem members understood my standpoint and knew that I had a legal strong ground to stand on based on the way the letter was written and based on what our laws are. But there was that one board member. There's always one. <laughs> there always seems to be one. But there was that one board member who tried to ask me in front of everybody if my, quote unquote, my common sense would have allowed me to see how other windows looked in the complex and how mine should look. I told her that my, quote unquote, common sense tells me that when I pay professionals and subject matter experts to do their job, and if the approval did not address specifics about how the window should look, but only address specifics about how the impact door, the kitchen door should look, then there was really nothing else to discuss. You know, when my presentation was concluded, another meeting took place on another day that I had to recuse myself, which included the association's attorney. And, I, and after that meeting, I heard it was resulted, the association attorney um, came to the result that I was in the right, confirmed that I was completely in the right. The association um, had to either leave my window stay as is, or if they wanted me to pay for new windows, or they wanted me to get new windows that, that conform to the new style, they would have to pay for the installation of those windows if they wanted to match everyone else's. Now, of course, you know, I was having a conversation with the property manager, and of course, to be a good neighbor, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'll sit there and and, and um, replace the windows, even though I just had new ones installed. But of course, it's going to be at their price, at their cost, because I wanted to be a good neighbor. So I wanted to agree with it. But you know, with everything going on, I told them, I said, are we going to get really caught up in how my windows look 
in in a 65 unit building you know with the rising uncontrollable cost of homeowners insurance in the state of florida coupled with an upcoming 40-year certification that has to be done the check valve replacement for our master air conditioner switch and condo reserves requirements in the state of florida needed to be completed by 2025 which will require us paying for a financial audit in addition to paying for an engineer's report for our 40-year certification and these are just the planned things. Let's not even go with the unplanned things. I just thought to spend thousands of dollars on an individual unit, unit's windows, my windows, was a complete waste of time and money. There's so much better things we could use our money on. Now, of course, that doesn't mean I'm saying I was in the wrong. Of course, I was in the right. But it just means that when I received the approval from, from the building when we were self-managed, I felt that that exception could just be allowed to stand and then getting caught up in what the windows should look like is it's just minor league stuff. But I don't know, you know, what may be minor league to me, maybe major league to someone else. As we move in to today's topic, today's topic is really about transitioning to new environments. And one of the new environments I'm talking about is transitioning to living in a condo and serving on a condo board. As it pertains to that, I know I... I have to say, I know that I probably am generalizing at this point. So if you're a general contractor out there, you know, don't be offended if you are one of the good guys. If you're not one of the good guys, I'm definitely talking to you. But the good guys and the bad guys all together, I'll say, you know what most of us homeowners want? Because I want to do more work in the condo to increase the, increase the value and to make it a place that's livable with my stamp on it. We just want the work to be honestly done without drama. We just want it to be done to not unnecessarily take 15 months to do the work. And then looking at my property manager, and I've told him that too, because I know he's tired of talking to me. You know what I want from him as a property manager? That coincidentally, I help pay for his salary and he works for me as a resident and as a board member. I would want them to stop telling me to not take things personally. Like, no, Richard, don't take it personally. When spending my hard-earned $12,000, that's as personal as, you gotta, as you're going to get. And then you want me to spend more money on top of that. Do you know how many student complaints I had to listen to in making that $12,000? How many papers I had to grade? How many meetings I had to, had to attend? How many presentations I had to make? How many classes I had to develop? And on top of that, deal with some coworkers who continually try to undermine and undercut you at every opportunity, sir, please, with all due respect, which means, you know, when I say with all due respect, that means you're going to have to have me bring the noise and bring you some smoke. Please do not tell me to not take it personally because my well-being and how I spend my hard-earned money is as personal as it gets. With all that said, I truly, truly know I have not had the worst experience when it comes to when it comes to um, dealing with sometimey general contractors in the state of Florida, and dealing with hardcore condo residents and homeowners association members that want to talk to you about common sense and being nasty seems to be some some type of weird rite of passage. But I remember a wise person told me through this ordeal. And dealing with this new environment, no matter how much I want to burn their ears up and curse them out, they always would tell me, it is what it is. And remember, people are going to do what they want to do. Is it right? Absolutely not. 
but I'm glad everything seems to have worked out. And I always have to kind of, you know, stay above the fray. The transition to this environment of, of the condo and living in a condo and working on the condo association board has been interesting to say the least, but we're always transitioning into a new environment or multiple, and some, or sometimes multiple environments simultaneously. Sometimes we don't have the option to do those things one at a time. You know, during the last, during these last 10 weeks, in addition to closing out the spring term at the college, we've already started beginning the summer term at the college this past week. Of course, I just spoke to you about the last 10 minutes dealing with the impact windows. And my other primary transition was taking place with my prime with my part-time employment. You know, as I've shared in the past with all of you, this coming fall will mark two years that I've been working at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. And although, like any other employment, there's good times and there's bad times, I have to say overall, it's been a great experience as I've had the joy of working at a place where I work with such a diverse group of people diverse as it pertains to so many areas such as culture, education, age, life journeys, and even the numerous reasons why people even work there. You know, between the major airline carrier that I worked for and the rental car carrier I worked with, I've worked worked alongside folks who are full-time lawyers and work part-time at the airport, to folks who have worked for the rental car carrier since high school and now getting ready to retire. Even numerous former students of mine work at the airport. And then there's lots of true blue, blue collar folks who are making a living and making a life at the airport. Speaking of the transition that I recently went through, the one that I recently went through is that I left the rental car carrier in these last 10 weeks, and now I'm working for the actual airport itself, actual airport itself in the airport operations department. The job move is such a good move for primarily three reasons. One, it's a much better work schedule as I'm only working two days a week. Even though it's a, even though it's 10 hour days, it's longer hours, it's really better because it's only two days because getting getting um, two more days back where I can relax or concentrate on doing other things, working on second chance stuff, working on consulting stuff, working on faculty stuff, it just makes that difference and just getting the opportunity to relax. And then of course, the second thing is when I'm learning something new in a new job in a new job environment, that's always exciting to me. I think that's the research and the academic in me that always likes to learn new things. And of course, the last thing is it's much better pay. Who's going to say no to better pay? Now, uh, even though it's a great new part-time job, there is a challenge to transitioning to a new job. That's that's all the, altogether true. I'm learning the new functions. I'm learning the new details of the job. And what's even most important is I'm really learning the personalities of my new coworkers and supervisors. Now, with any transition into a new environment, there comes a times in which one could want to revert back to their comfort zone and desire to go back to what is familiar or comfortable with them. I have to admit, I have to admit, it's absolutely the truth. In my first couple of weeks working in the airport operations uh, department, and being exposed to how they how they do things, you know, from A to B, you know, the fundamentals, I could tell you I was completely overwhelmed, just overwhelmed. My mind, my mind was initially like, oh my goodness, just send me back to the rental car center because over there, all they want to do is rent a car. Over here, there's numerous things that are going on under under the different under the different uh, functions that we oversee. 
or or I also felt that way when I looked at you know when I looked at it when I first worked at the airline carrier I worked at but then I thought about when I first worked at the airline carrier and I was overwhelmed with the systems that they do all these things just to get people on a plane and the consumer demands that come about about it which I don't blame them but there's a lot of consumer demands but at the end of the day you know, when I was at the airline carrier and when I was at the rental car center and even now working in the airport operations center, I had to stick with it and I had to learn and create a new comfort zone, which I did in those places. And now what I'm doing at the uh, at the airport operations center. And it really takes me back to the second chance journey, the reentry journey that we talk about. And I remember there were so many individuals I worked with at the Fortune Society that were away for so long that that they just became institutionalized because they were they were just away for so long. They were used to a certain way of life and being on the count for so long. You know, their their initial adjustment into the reentry journey would be so turbulent. You know, especially when I met with them, they would they would verbalize the preference of they would even so far as go back to verbalize the preference of going back to prison because it was their comfort zone. It's what they knew. And the fear of doing something new, being somewhere new, being accepted somewhere new was so frightening that the prospect of being incarcerated again was more appealing. It was so hard to hear that. I felt sorry for that. But why? And I'm like, and I used to look at them like, why would you say that? But then I had to think about it. Why was that? Because it was their comfort zone. They'd been away for so long. It is what they knew. It's what they knew. Now, all of us have adjustment periods in which the unknown become our com- become our it become have to become our comfort zones, or the unknown becomes our becomes the thing where we step out of our comfort zones. But eventually, the unknown has to become our our comfort zones. But getting to that point, or getting to that place where the uncomfortable becomes comfortable, navigating the unknown is just tough. It's tough for all of us, and we will go through. We'll we'll, we'll go through. We'll we all go through that. And I, and I did a little bit of research, and I found 10 things, 10 tips for adjusting to new surroundings. And I also found eight strategies for adjusting to a new work environment. So especially if you're going from a new work environment, a new school environment, or just coming home for the first time in a long time and being used to being free and being used to freedom and being used to doing new things, Adjusting to new surroundings and adjusting to a new work environment is something that we all go through. But let's go through the adjusting to the new surroundings first. We got the 10 tips. Number one, learn as much as you can about your new environment in advance. So whether you're, whether you're seeing what has, what has changed at home since you've been gone, what's going on at this new job, you know, can you look up reviews? Can you talk to people that could help you out with, when it comes to that? Number two. And this is more so if you're in a new surrounding, such as like in myself here in a new condo or, or a new job. What what are the three qualities that I want to be known for? Do I want to be known for to make sure that you can't speak to me disrespectfully? Do I want to be known for somebody that doesn't get involved in company or workplace gossip or drama? Number three, be polite to everyone. It's so much easier to be polite than to be nasty. And when you when you're polite, you create the environment, you create the dynamic where somebody could give you the benefit of the doubt. Number four, on the first day of a new job, if no one invites you to lunch, ask someone for tips on where to eat. 
One thing I always hear is people always love to talk about where to eat, what to eat, and what's good. And sometimes that 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 really does help. And sometimes when you ask that question about where to eat, people will say, okay, hey, we're ordering something. Why don't you just order it with us? And that leads to number five. Listen for opportunities to connect and then share relevant information about yourself. If it's something about eating, say, hey, you know, I like, I like the burgers from that place. I like the French fries from that spot. Number six. During the first few weeks, and you know, I just talked to you about not taking anything personally. During the first few weeks of the job, don't take anything personally. It's still a crucial feeling out process on both ends. At my new job, I sat there and um and um uh, microwave some popcorn, burnt the burnt the popcorn a little bit, and you know how that smell could be. And you know, folks were giving me a little bit of a hard time about that. I didn't take it personally. I just said, well, I didn't know. And then I started to learn eventually, you know, the, the sweet spot to, to cook the popcorn without burning it. Because in that in that operation center, we're kind of off the beaten path. And then, of course, when they smell something like that, they think something's going on. They think that something bad had happened. Um, that leads also into number seven. If someone makes a remark that you find too insensitive to ignore, speak up. The last thing you want to do is walk around with regret saying, I should have said this, I should have said that, I should have said that. You can stand up for yourself without being without being disrespectful. You can let people know that you're not comfortable, you're not happy, or that's not cool, what it is that they said. But number eight, it goes into number eight as well. Try to speak at the same volume as those in your new environment. I like to call that, you know, of course, when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. Number nine, if the transition involves moving to a new city or state or country, go out and explore it. Even, I think in previous episodes, I even told you, I moved from West Hollywood to East Hollywood, and I explored out here when I started when I started living out here. It just it's just a different dynamic, it's a different environment, and there was some those things that I never knew that were on this side of town, just fifteen minutes away from where I used to live at Mom's house. That something things are brand new here in East Hollywood because I just went out and explored. And the last thing, number ten, transitions are stressful. So take care of yourself, get rest, get exercise. Do the things that could help you release the tension from your mind, release the endorphins, and really, really, really be in a place where you could be in a good place so you can see things from a clear perspective and you can deal with things with a clear mind. Now, after we've done through these 10 tips for adjusting to your surroundings, let's look at the eight strategies for adjusting to a new work environment. Because, of course, if you're coming home, you're looking to get a job, or if you're getting multiple jobs, you want to know how to adjust to that new environment work environment. This is what it is. a lot of these tips I did, I did already. And number one is don't get overwhelmed at all. Sometimes it takes three to six months to get used to a new environment, maybe longer if it's a highly technical environment. Number two, find a mentor. Find someone who knows what's going on at the job. The one, you know, a lot, one of my friends once told me that no one wants to give you money, but everyone wants to give you advice. And with that, go to number three. And number three is to ask questions. Just ask ask a lot of questions. People always, like I said, will give advice. So you ask questions and you're humble because you want to know what, what it is that's going on. Number four, we talked about this in, in the new surroundings. Take care of your brain and body. Relax. You know me. I go to the beach. I walk. I, I, I be active. So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm okay with everything. I'm okay with myself so I can be okay with everything else. Number five, be a team player. Look and see where you could help. Look and see where you could 
get involved in the nuts and bolts and the fundamentals of what's going on at work. So you're not you're not getting caught up in the gossip. You're getting caught up in the productivity. And that goes to number six. Learn the culture. Learn the culture of what goes on. Learn how people get down. Sometimes, as there's, there's, as a priest once told me, I had as a priest once told me, as a mentor once told me, you have um, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Just sit back and learn the culture. See what's going on. And don't compare. That goes to number seven. Don't compare and contrast this job to your last job. There's a reason why you left that last job. And it's okay that you miss it, but don't compare and contrast it. And certainly don't compare it and contrast it to people you work with, because then they'll say, well, you should have stayed where you was if you liked it there so much. And the last thing I'll tell you, number eight, is just smile. Smile, smile, smile. Sometimes a smile invites more people in to want to help you, more people in to want to, to want to work with you, more people who want to uplift you and, 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 and work with you. It's just beautiful. Smile in your new environments. Smile in your old environments. Smile in your reentry journey. I could tell you when I was 12 years old, 12 and a half, before my dad died at 13, the most valuable advice that he ever gave me was to was to smile, to make sure you're always smiling, no matter what. As a kid, I loved to smile. As an adult, I loved to smile. And my dad saw that. He said, make sure you're always smiling. He must have known that my smile is able to sit there and bring people in and to invite people in to, to be in my circle. I'm lucky enough and blessed to have, have gotten that and to gotten that advice. And when you smile, your body, the endorphins, your body will know that you're good. And then when you're smiling, your body knows you're good. You're, you're, you're physiologically, you know you're good. Mentally, you know you're good. And then, like I said, when people are drawn to you smiling, everyone around you will be good. Everyone around you will be good. So this part of the reentry journey, transitioning to new environments, whether it's where you live, where you work, you, you got this. You got this. You so much got this. I am so happy to have been to join you again this week. Thank you for I'm going a little more over than I usually go, but I'm just so excited that I've been that I it's been so long since I've been with you guys, and I definitely won't let that happen again, at least not this season. But thank you everyone as always for sharing your time with me. It is always welcomed and appreciated wherever you are, wherever you're from, wherever you're listening on or whatever platform you're listening on. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And oh yes, definitely. We will have another episode next week. Thank you and talk to you soon. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.